You're listening to the Mountain Practice Journeys podcast, a comfy, cozy place for private practice introverts, highly sensitive therapists, and solopreneurs who help and heal. This is the place for practical, nature-based, magical support for your business and life. Hello there, and welcome back to the Mountain Practice Journeys podcast. I'm your host, Cindy. Here in episode 72, I'm going to chat with Shawnee Sina of Weirdo Therapist Coaching on how to reconnect with your creativity. Now on to our conversation. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Mountain Practice Journeys podcast. Today, I'm joined by Shawnee Sina, and she is a psychotherapist and creativity coach. Welcome, Shawnee. Oh, thank you so much for being here. I'm really excited to be talking with you today. Mm -hmm. So I am a therapist in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Um, I work primarily with uh, trans kids and the LGBT community as a whole. And then in my other work, my coaching business, I work with healers and helpers to reconnect with their creativity in order to write copy that is fun and authentic and fulfilling and profitable and good for their businesses and helping move their goals forward. And Mm -hmm. I do that by hosting primarily by hosting writers retreats where folks, you know, it's a really spacious time to come together, like slow down, really reconnect with a lot of the parts that feel lost to us a lot of the time and then play, play and write copy together. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I love, cause I follow you on Instagram and you're so creative in how you do copywriting and you make it so much fun. So I'm really excited about our topic today because it is about reconnecting with your creativity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, the, a really wonderful kind of aha uh-huh for me that was so exciting is when I, when I started to shift from thinking about Creativity is something that lives inside of you um, and you either have it or you don't, which is often the way that we think about it. We think about it like a talent or like a gift um, or an inherent quality. And some people are creative and some people are not. And it's kind of the luck of whatever your genes, um, which doesn't leave a lot of room for movement. It's really easy to get stuck and powerless in well, I guess I'm not creative. So the end, that's not a thing that's available to me. Um, It's really easy to stay there. And so the shift that felt so powerful to me was moving into like creativity is an outside force. It's like an energy stream. It's like a guide. It's like, depending on how spiritually you want to get, we could call it even like a deity. that you get to form a relationship with like a loving grounded secure attachment even if we're going into you know like the therapy mindset like we can form a secure attachment with this force and then it's not about if we're if we have it or if we don't or even if we're good at it or if we're not it's are we open to being in conversation with this force that will provide like what I believe that that force provides is like um, those little, when you get a little flash of an idea 
and you're like, oh, that sounds interesting, or oh, I bet that would be really pretty, or oh, this is intriguing to me in some way, or oh, I find that funny. Um, that's your creativity talking to you. And then your responsibility is to listen, be curious, be grateful, and then decide how you want to proceed. Um, yeah. So th that's, I just jumped into a lot of different things, but that's yeah. kind of the overview. Yeah. There's so much to that. And I love the way that you explain that and it makes it, yeah, I totally get where you say we're probably conditioned to be like, oh, you're either creative or you're not. And I, you know, spent most of my life thinking I wasn't creative because I also associated it with being a really good artist or being able mm -hmm. to like play a musical instrument or, you know, mm -hmm. I associated it with so many different things. And I'm like, well, I can't draw realistically. I'm not a painter. I can't. And so I thought, okay, I'm not creative. And that's how I associated mm -hmm. it. But being able to imagine it as something outside of yourself, because it's not like you said, it's not, we're either born with it or we're not. It is something that maybe speaks to us. And I love the way that you framed it, that we could even think of it as like a deity or something that is speaking to us. And all we have to do is listen and be able to, to kind of go from there. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to, I'm going to kind of backtrack and undo everything I just said, which is, a, that's a little trap that I fall into a lot. Um, because I'm an expansive person. Um, I actually do believe simultaneously that creativity is something outside of us and that we are all born inherently creative. Yes. Yeah. So, you know, because I work with children and I spend a lot of time with children, like I guarantee you that no matter what you were into as a little one, there was a time when you like, you know, you made up a story, you built something out of blocks, you drew a picture, you uh, made a mess in the kitchen, you know, and called it cooking, right? You put mm -hmm. your mom's makeup all over your face. Like you did things that you made something that didn't exist before, right? That, that is creation that's where creativity comes from. It comes from creation. Mm -hmm. And when we were, when we were little and even now, like we create things all the time where it gets. So then how we, how I kind of bridge it to this external force is that like one, we tend to forget as we get older. And especially, you know, I love that you brought up like things like drawing and musical instruments. Most of us have an experience of being um, shamed. Mm -hmm. at least once, often many times, um, often by somebody who we thought would be on our side, like a teacher or a parent or a sibling or a friend or whoever that said like, oh, you didn't do that right. <laughs> oh, that picture looks bad. You know, mm -hmm. um, I wanted it like this, which totally sucks. It's very hurtful. Um, and it's a really great way to like send to turn off the part of us that is able to listen, mm -hmm. you know? And so then our work as grownups becomes like reopening that channel, healing that wound. Mm -hmm. That's a big part of it. And then being able to tolerate 
like expand our capacity to tolerate the openness to receive ideas and play around with them. It's a very uncomfortable space to be in, to like be opening, to, to be open to something and not immediately try to like, like really shove it into a form that makes sense to us or that we think other people will like. But instead to be like, okay, idea. Thank you so much. <laughs> I hear you and receive you. I don't quite know what you're going to be yet, but I'm going to stay here in the space of unknown where I don't really know how it would be received by other people, but I'm still open to receiving it from you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what you said about creativity, it, it is both of those things where it is outside mm-hmm. of us and we are born inherently with it. And I think throughout life, we have either suppressed it or made it smaller because maybe it didn't fit with other people's expectations, or there might've been some experience of shame. I can remember, um, even in college, I had to take like an art class or something. And I was always a really good student. I would do whatever I had to do. I would study, I would get good grades, but with this art class, I got a C on one of our projects because I couldn't draw, like I couldn't draw the way that they expected me to draw. So that was another thing that reinforced this, no matter how hard I try, I'm not going to be, and I associated that with creativity, but I love the definition that you put with it, that it's, we're bringing something into being that's never existed before. So that Mm -hmm. makes, takes a lot of pressure off. It's like, we're, we're creating, It, it doesn't have to be this artistic masterpiece that is judged by someone else to be good. There are so many different ways to express your creativity. And you do it all the time. You know, if you tell jokes or make meals or knit or um, journal or anything, really, you know, if you engage in the world, you are making things that have never been made before by you in this moment in time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's really beautiful to look at it that way. And it does, mm-hmm. for me, it's just a breath of fresh air. Like, okay, I can be creative by just existing and doing some of the things that I enjoy. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And I think that's such a lovely, so, I mean, when we think about, when we think about if we go to the space of like, this is a relationship that I want to cultivate, or if we think about the work that we do with our clients, like we don't want to jump in with like, oh, you're interested in being more creative. Go write a novel. (laughs) (laughs) The same way that I would say like, um, you know, I wouldn't say like, oh, you're interested in, um, in having less anxiety. Well, maybe you should start meditating for an hour every day. You know, like that would be, that wouldn't be fair. It would be setting my client up for failure. Um, It would be kind of cruel, to be honest. And it doesn't allow for any self-compassion now with wherever they are in the moment. And so similarly, like starting with the noticing where you are already creative in your life and getting really clear of like, oh, that is me being creative. And if that's too hard, sometimes folks have a really hard time like jumping on that train because it feels too, it's so outside of the 
the parameters and the paradigms that we've been taught about creativity, where we're really conflating it, like we're conflating creation with artistic product, mm-hmm. right? Um, sometimes it's like too much of a jump. That's cool. And then I like to, you know, acknowledge that at one time you did do that. So at one time you did draw a picture for a family member. At one time you did have an imaginary friend and you would go on adventures together, you know? So like, those are often things that folks, if it's too hard to think about it in the day to day, we can think about, we can remember that that was once a part of us and that we can take it with us. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think it's so important for us to do some of those things that we used to do as children, because I think Mm -hmm. we're really lacking in, in play and fun and creativity goes along with that. Yeah. I mean, it's such a, it's, you know, I'm a systemic (laughs) therapist. And so you know, you tapped in right into the heart of like, absolutely. Play is so important. And we know from a nervous, from a nervous system point of view, that like, you can't tap into the playful part of your brain and of your nervous system. If you're constantly in fight, flight, freeze, if you don't give your parasympathetic, I think I always get them mixed up, (laughs) the sympathetic or the parasympathetic, the rest and digest side, if that side never gets to come out, it's, it's going to be really hard. And so, you know, and this is where it intersects in an interesting way with marketing, which is so often a like, go, 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 and can get really activated. Like there's not a lot of room for resting and digesting (laughs) in building our businesses, or we believe that there isn't like, we don't, that's not our dominant conversation. Um, So all of that to say, like, I wish that for anybody who wants it. And it usually is connected to a whole host of other things that are all related to healing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I love that you mentioned marketing and rest, like those two things. I've been thinking about the more that I've made time for rest, the more creative I've become. And so I think it is, so I think resting can lead to better creativity and that can lead to better marketing. Yeah. I mean, even as I say marketing and rest, like it's even hard for my body in this (laughs) moment and I'm the one talking, (laughs) like I brought it up, but it's still hard for me to like sit with it. It still feels a little like, huh, that doesn't really fit together. What do you mean? because it, we just, it's just not how we think about it. Mm -hmm. And so, but you're absolutely right. It's 100% true. And that's not me, um, like being woo woo. Like that is a, that is a proven documented empirical fact. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Cause so I was just mm -hmm. thinking that, I don't know, I hear so many stories about really great authors and poets and how they have these really, uh, deep periods of rest and silence and they go within and they create these beautiful, beautiful works. And I think a lot of it can come from that 
rest and quietness. So you can Mm -hmm. hear that inherent creativity that we're all born with. So I think being able Mm -hmm. to quiet things down within our environment and within ourselves, we can get in touch with what that inner creativity is trying to, to get across or come through. Yeah. That's where the healing really comes in. Because if you are a person who has been forced to do a lot of surviving, Mm-hmm. And if you are a person who has had their creativity shamed, then when we try to rest and go within and when we try to listen, all sorts of different parts of ourselves are going to protest because they're trying to protect us, you know. And so, you know, in the work that I do, it feels it feels really like an extension of my therapy practice, even though it isn't therapy, because I just don't see a distinction between learning how to authentically market and doing like creative healing work because Mm -hmm. especially for folks in small businesses, especially for folks who are trying to um, put something out in the world that does feel very personal and is connected to their values. All of that is this a swearing podcast? It is. Yeah. 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 I have everything marked explicit just in case. (laughs) (laughs) Like all that shit is going to come up. It's all going to be there. And so, um, often in, in, in the, especially in the world of copy, but honestly in marketing as a whole, we see a lot of like, um, follow this one simple formula and it will like, it will just happen. All your marketing will become crystal clear and so easy. And in some way, like that can be true, like systems and automations and like creativity shortcuts and creativity, like creative parameters is really helpful, but it's never going to do the healing work that says like, it's safe for me to be quiet enough. It's safe for me to listen to my creativity. It's safe for me to take action based on what my creativity said. And then it's safe for me to share that with someone else. Yeah, Those are all different steps. They all hold a lot of power. Often they hold their individual activation or trauma within them. Mm -hmm. And they're all worthy of our like loving attention and healing. Mm-hmm. And they're all the essential pieces to marketing. If you take one of them away, it kind of falls apart. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there can be a lot of healing that can be done mm-hmm. as you rediscover your creativity. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I don't know if you have found this to be true. I have certainly found this to be true in developing my own private practice and now in this new business. But as I step into um, being in more leadership in my working life, like I am the leader of my own business, I'm my own boss. um, All of the personal things that I have worked on for years in my own therapy show up in different but recognizable ways in my business. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yes, it's so true because, um, so just recently in my um, mastermind group, we do a seasonal book club and we read The Soul Sourced Entrepreneur by Christine Kane. And I know in that book, Mm -hmm. she talks about that our businesses are here to grow us. Our businesses are here for our soul's expansion. And so of course, like the things that we are healing in our own lives are going to come up in somewhat similar ways in our businesses. 
Mm-hmm. I think that's absolutely true. Mm-hmm. And just like, you know, a Instagram post telling you that like it's okay to feel is never going to substitute the work of like feeling your feelings. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Reading a copy formula, like a copy formula one, two, three, is never going to do the work of like getting your nervous system loving your nervous system into a place of safety so that it is okay receiving, taking action, and then sharing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love what you've been saying because yeah, there are some formulas out there or maybe some shortcuts into possibly Mm -hmm. getting some good copy, but it, yeah, it doesn't take the place of doing the healing work along the way as you are Mm -hmm. writing copy and getting comfortable and knowing that it's safe for you to do this. It's, it's a totally different experience. And in the end um, it's, it's going to be so valuable because you can, that's like a, a tool or a skill set that you can take with you forever because you've been working on healing it. Absolutely. I mean, spoiler alert, in the second half of this episode, I have a formula that I'm going (laughs) to share. So like, no shame, no, no hatred on formulas, because Mm -hmm. like, having a starting place Mm -hmm. is a wonderful thing. Like artistic prompts, writing prompts exist for a reason, because it's really hard to pull something out of the air. And it's a lot easier to just get started when you have something to bounce off of. Yeah. And, and it's never going to heal your visibility wounds. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and if you your can't... nervous system. Oh, sorry. Go oh no, go ahead. <laughs> I was going to say, and if your nervous system says like it is not safe for me to write down anything, it is not safe for me to create something new. Then you're probably going to look at the formula question and be like, "This is supposed to make it easier, but it still feels hard. It still feels bad. What does that mean about me?" Mm-hmm. And it can turn into like another opportunity for um, like self-shaming and further shutting down and distancing from that relationship. Yeah. Yeah. Because you can't um, heal everything before you even get started because you don't know you need these prompts and to get started doing something in order to know what comes up and in order to know what specific type of wounds that you have around this process. So it's, they're both important. Like you, you don't know what you need to heal until you maybe start with some kind of process. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I think that's such a lovely um, shift from that actually feels more aligned with like marketing and rest. Mm-hmm. You know, like one of the ways that marketing and, and rest could be embodied or like come to fruition um, is to say like any tool that I come across is only here to give me information about who I am, what I need, what hurts and what needs my attention. Mm-hmm. right? Nothing is going to give me a magic key that's suddenly going to like make it 100% easier in 30 minutes, right? Which is a lot of the claims yeah, that we see online. Um, but it is all going to give me really lovely information that I can use to grow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's so much out there that makes it sound like it's, um, it's easy if you just follow this formula or there's also like, you can hire copywriters like copywriters are really great at what they do. 
But the next time it comes time for you to say something in your business, you might have to go back to that copywriter because you haven't healed your wounds or you don't, you're, you don't feel safe kind of using your authentic voice or thinking that mm-hmm. you don't have that creativity within you to write copy that, that is quote unquote good, or that people are going to connect with. That's so true. And like a thing that I like to be really clear about is I have no, we tend to, I think, especially in the therapy world, because it, it intersects with a lot of our like scarcity thinking and our money shit mm-hmm. <laughs> where we send, we kind of attach morality to like doing it yourself. Mm-hmm. So it's like really good if you make your own website, it's really yeah. good if you do all your own writing, it's really good. And it somehow speaks to you being more authentic or whatever. And like, no, <laughs> <laughs> it's actually really fine if you don't want to do your own copywriting. Exactly. It's, I think it's a lovely um, type of self-knowledge to be like, I am not interested mm-hmm. in developing and healing this part. And I'm going to outsource it. Yes. Like, oh, beautiful. And like, like we know in anything else and in the therapy world, like healing will come out another way. Yeah. You you don't have to do your creativity healing through copywriting. So you can hire someone (laughs) because it's like, I am not interested in going about this in this way. I just want my copy done for me. And maybe I can heal my creativity wounds in another way. Yeah. I think it's a really efficient way to do two things at the same time. That's good for business, but only if that um, like sparks interest in you, if it feels intriguing, like a thing I like to notice within myself when I feel simultaneously like excited and scared and a little bit repulsed, Mm -hmm. like when all three of those together, it's usually a sign that like, I'm actually really into this, but something is holding me back that needs my attention and probably a little bit of love. Yeah. I love that you mentioned that. And you mentioned those three things because sometimes when you have that excitement, but there's also this repulsion that comes up, people sometimes interpret that as a sign like, Oh, this is not, I'm not meant to do this because it feels scary Mm -hmm. or because, but that's not always true because I've noticed a lot when I am on the edge of something really great or like a big growth edge for myself, it kind of does make you a little sick at the stomach. You know, you're not going to be a hundred percent like just excited about it. There's going to be a lot of other things that come up and not letting that stop you. Because what I've noticed, if something isn't right for me, I may feel indifferent about it or just, just not have interest in it or any excitement about it or any, it wouldn't even come up as something that is popping up in my head because it's not meant for me. Exactly. Like I know the difference between, and it's taken a long time to really start to suss this out, but like the difference between, I kind of want to do this and I'm scared Mm -hmm. or this feels important, but I'm nervous. And like, everyone's saying that this is important. And a part of me thinks it's important, but I'm so bored Mm -hmm. or I understand that this is an important part of my business or my life, but like, I cannot feign any interest. A big one for me is SEO. Yeah. <laughs> like for months, you know, I had written this website that I was so proud of and I was like, okay, I gotta, I gotta work on my SEO so people can see all this beautiful writing I did. And that's how I'm going to get clients. And I like just 
could not. Yeah. You know, no interest. And then it didn't matter because I got clients anyway. Mm-hmm. And I still haven't worked on it. And I'm sure my traffic is terrible, but I don't actually even pay attention because yeah. I'm not interested. <laughs> and I think it's, uh, yeah, a lot of it, our success can come through what we're interested in or where we want to put our energy. Because if you're interested yeah. in SEO and you put your energy into that, you will probably get clients as a result of your SEO. If you're interested in uh, writing great copy, connecting with your creativity, putting that out there on your website, through blogs, on social media, like that's going to have like, I guess it would be like some natural SEO without you even trying and not getting into all the statistics and everything. And that can work for you as well. So it's maybe the difference between the SEO strategy versus the uh, healing your creativity and putting yourself out there strategy. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure if a part of me was intrigued and a little bit afraid of SEO, there would be healing that would need to come up. Mm-hmm. what it would be about. I don't know necessarily. Would it be about creativity? Possibly. It would be about something. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So like learning to distinguish the difference between I like this, but I'm scared or I'm intrigued, but I'm, I also kind of want to run away mm-hmm. <laughs> and like, nah, I can't, I don't even have the energy to muster up any sort of a reaction to this. Or just like, no, just that internal, no, Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's a, it's a good, it's a good, um, it's good discernment practice. It's good discernment. It is. Yeah. I think if, uh, people could really understand what their, um, kind of internal yeses and nos are and being able to connect with that because there are certain things when I thought of starting this podcast, I was very intrigued by it and very terrified. And that's mm-hmm. how I knew it was something that I needed to do because I was very, very scared. And also it just kept popping up into my head. Like you should do this versus something like, I don't know a few things I've felt indifferent or a hard no about is, you know, just getting on more social medias, whether it's right. like when the clubhouse was a thing, it was a quick no. And then like with mm-hmm. TikTok, I'm like, no. Uh, so there mm-hmm. are certain things that it's not because I'm, I'm intrigued and also scared of it. It's just, I have no interest versus with the podcast being very intrigued by it and extremely scared. <laughs> yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. It brings up something that I really, um, that feels important to me in, in like, how do we develop a relationship with our creativity, which is like it in the same way that like when we develop a secure attachment, um, part of that is distinguishing like boundaries and that differentiation work between what is mine and what is yours and how do we come together and still like take responsibility for our own stuff and engage in collective care, mm-hmm. right? It's a balancing. But so like when I get an idea or something that is intriguing and there is also another part of me that is scared or uncomfortable or has an, an what we would label like a negative reaction, that that does not mean that my idea is bad. And it actually, like, that is an important emotional boundary to set between me and my creativity. So, like, if my creativity gives me an an idea and I'm like, oh, that's kind of interesting, but I feel like people would be really offended. 
mm-hmm. or that people would be bored by that. That's actually not, that discomfort is not my creativity problem or responsibility to manage. Mm-hmm. It is my responsibility to manage. And so to be able to like hold that discomfort without judging or shaming the idea is really important. And this is where like, I think that can be so healing from potentially that shaming that we received as kids where we were told like, you didn't do this right. So you're bad. Yeah. Right. You suck at this versus like, this is bringing up some discomfort in me. So that clearly means that I have something that I need to pay attention to, but I appreciate you giving me this Mm -hmm. and I'm going to think about it and I might use it or I may not, or I might need to shift some things, but that is, that's my work. That's not your work. Creativity. Your work is to give me these raw ideas for me to play with. And you have done that. And Mm -hmm. I'm grateful to you. Yeah. And the way that you describe that, it makes me think of this creativity coming from a neutral place. And then we mm-hmm. decide what to do with and, and let it sit and see how we want to work with that. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This conversation has been, I mean, it's so insightful and a lot to think about. And I think there's a lot of healing that can be done so people mm-hmm. can more freely express their thoughts and opinions and how they want to present themselves in the world. Um, so before we end, like, is there any, um, you know, final messages or just something that you mm-hmm. really want people to, to take out of this? I would say if there's a, if you hear this, I would guess that there's going to be folks who listen to this and have that reaction that we spoke about where it's like, this is intriguing or I find this really inspirational. And a part of me is really uncomfortable. A part Mm -hmm. of me is scared that a really lovely place to begin is just to feel, um, to have compassion for that response of like, this response is okay. It doesn't mean that I am not cut out for, doing some of the things that Shawnee said or like batting around these ideas. It just means that there's something coming up for me. And that's really useful for me to see. That's really useful for me to see. And it's a great opportunity for me to love myself. Just like settle into calmness related to that. Mm -hmm. I think that's what I would say. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Why don't you let people know how they can find out more about you, learn more about your writing retreats and all the Mm -hmm. wonderful services you have to offer? Yeah. So the easiest way is to just follow me on Instagram. My um, handle is at weirdo therapist coaching. Um, The title says it all. I'm here for embracing our inner and outer (laughs) weirdos. Um, I have a lot of fun. Uh, basically saying things that very much relate to the topics of this podcast related to copywriting and comparing the creativity process to movies. That's been a really (laughs) like unexpected little joyful creative nugget for me. So if that sounds fun and funny to you, I do recommend that you follow. 
Yeah, it I is so much fun. <laughs> yeah, just <laughs> following so you. Yeah, following you on Instagram <laughs> is so fun. I remember, I mean, I remember your post. I mean, there's some, I think there was one about the movie Scream and one about Beetlejuice. Okay. And like they're the way that you incorporate these movies into these concepts, it's very beautiful. Mm. And then I host the writers' retreats about three to four times a year. Um you do have an opportunity if folks are interested in working with me privately. That is a thing that I offer as well. But the easiest way to get in touch with all of that is through Instagram. Um, yeah, at Weirdo Therapist Coaching. Perfect. Yeah, thank you so much for being here. And we'll be back next week to talk about um, five copy questions that you can uh, look at for your marketing. So thanks so much for being here. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining me today. For episode 73, I continue my conversation with Shoni where she'll be presenting the five copy questions for all your marketing. And if you haven't yet listened to episode 71, I urge you to do that. In that episode, I talk about why niching isn't all it's cracked up to be. I'm truly grateful that you choose to join me here for practical, nature-based, magical support for your business and life. For more inspiration and to see what I'm up to, join me over on Instagram at Mountain Practice Journeys. If you're enjoying yourself here, please head over to Apple Podcasts and hit those five stars and I'll be over the moon. And if you'd like to work with me, join me in Forest Mind, my cozy small group mastermind for private practice introverts, highly sensitive therapists, and solopreneurs who help and heal. May the forest be with you.